0: Hey everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factor's Delicious Ready to Eat Meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, There's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. (laughs) I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y-50 and you use code J-L-T-Y-50, you'll get 50% off. Talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y-50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y-50, and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y-50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you don't like the way I talk, then why am I on your mind? If you don't like the way I rock, then why are we wasting time? We fight and we argue. You still love me blind. If we don't miss this whole thing up, guaranteed I can blow your mind. Why? And tonight I'm alive in a. Hi, everybody. Merry Christmas. Welcome to another edition of Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis. I, of course, am your host, Kira Davis. And I know that I said this this week I was going to get you a really cheery episode about the death penalty. But I thought maybe I'll give you like a week. Maybe we'll kick off the new year with that wonderful topic. Because I, I, I thought, well, you know, it's Christmas. I I should do a Christmassy topic episode, something that's maybe a little lighter for me, it doesn't take as much research. Um, because uh, like you, I'm, it's so crazy how busy we are this season. It's insane. Why am I this busy? There's nothing to do. There's literally nothing to do and nowhere to go. Why am I so busy and I have no money and somehow still really busy? And uh, so I thought, well, OK, well, maybe I'll just like do a, kind of a relaxed fit episode of of the podcast this week and talk a little bit about the war on Christmas. What is it? Does it exist? Is it real? Of course, we have to define the war on Christmas. And I guess we would define the war on Christmas as as a battle in the, here in the United States. Of course, we're talking about our country here now, here in the United States over christmas being a specific holiday season it's getting pushed out of more and more places or or watered down to just the holidays it's not merry christmas is happy holidays or the idea that we're supposed to maybe eliminate the the traditions of christmas altogether because somehow they're offensive or they're racist or oppressive or insensitive to other religions whatever that's the war on christmas and of course Christians, particularly on the right, or I would say all on the right, I don't know any left-wingers who think there's a war on Christmas, always talk about the war on Christmas. We've been talking about it for a long time. I can remember when we first started doing things like school started eliminating Christmas plays. Now you have to have a holiday pageant. There, So there are a lot of us, and I'm saying us, like on the right, out there who were saying, well, this is a, a blatant attempt to to take Christmas specifically out of schools. Uh, and that feels like a war on Christmas. You're trying to pretend that Christmas doesn't exist. And President Trump, I think even this week, has mentioned again, He, I think he mentions it every year, to be honest. He definitely knows his audience, you know. And he, he talks about to have the war on christmas the the obamas one of the things they did that that, i have to admit this bothered me too is they they watered down christmas at the white house they actually made it about other religions and other faiths and i think i think one year during the eight-year term or a few years they didn't even have real christmas trees or there were no like christian um, symbols anywhere and it was it was very deliberate and their and their holiday cards their their christmas cards to the nation from the white house were happy holidays you know no mention of christmas and there were a lot of people who felt like and it was blatant you know it was a it was a concerted strategy that was part of the obama's foreign policy whether or not you agree with it part of his foreign policy was really to really to soften the how, how do i say the hard edges of american Reputation around the world by embracing more of a global view of us and of our beliefs and of our traditions. So, when Trump took office, Trump, who ran on, you know, build the wall, make America great again, America first, when Trump took office, he's been, since then, he's been blatant about Christmas. You know, we say Merry Christmas. It's Christmas at the White House. Christmas is back at the White House. So, Trump's been all over this too. Again, he definitely knows his audience, but these days, if you say the war the war on Christmas, that term has become a bit of a joke, and even even Christians or right wingers like will kind of joke jokingly say something. You know, if somebody mentions Santa, oh, this is the war on Christmas. Oh, here we go, the war on Christmas. We've made it, we've made it a bit of a joke lately. Part of the joke is on people who feel that there is a war on Christmas and who feel stressed about it and who don't like all the ways that Christmas is being bled out of the holiday season, the December season, the winter season. And it's eight. Those jokes are aimed at those people like they're, they're overreacting and they're so stodgy and they're so conservative and they just they don't want to embrace change. That's I feel like that's kind of part of the joke, right? So is there a war on Christmas? Do I think there's a war on Christmas? (sighs) Kind of, but not really. So I guess I have to explain myself. (laughs) This is just listen to yourself. So let's take some time. I'm going to listen to myself talk for for a little bit on this issue, because there's a part of me that feels like, all right everybody, lighten up. Like if people want to send holiday cards and they say happy holidays, who cares? That's fine. If someone tells you happy holidays, if someone if if your your public school says they're not going to do the nativity anymore, you know, well that's kind of the that's the downside of having government run public education. You know, you just you've got to it's just a thing that happens. When the government runs education, you got to deal with it, but that doesn't mean there's no such thing as Christmas. Of course, we celebrate Christmas in this country. There's a part of me that feels that way. It's just, it doesn't really matter if someone says Merry Christmas to you or Happy Holidays to you. Well, like when I'm out, I I say Merry Christmas unabashedly. I don't care because I celebrate Christmas, but I know other people don't celebrate Christmas and it's only the crank the cranky pants on Twitter and social media who really care about this stuff. I think the rest of us are going along just fine. I have plenty of Jewish friends that I say Merry Christmas to. Never once has one of them stopped and told me, you know, you are terrible for saying that to me. You know, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm so offended. Get out of my sight. Most of them will either say it back or say Happy Hanukkah or Happy Holidays or just say thank you, because they know that it's not me like evangelizing to them. It's me. It's me giving a holiday greeting. It's me saying this is how I express warmth to you in this season. It's in my tradition. I've never had any I honestly, look, Jewish people by this time get it (laughs) in this country, you know, they're they're the minority. I almost all of my Jewish friends have no problem with it at all they get it they they get that their faith their religion is the minority religion in in this quote judeo christian culture of america they get it they don't care i like to say merry christmas to me because that is the most sincere form of a holiday greeting it mean it it's something special it means something to me so if i say if i'm saying it to you it is it is meant in love and joy and just a, a cheerful greeting. I, I Almost everybody gets that. There have been a few times in my life when some cranky liberals have been like, oh, how dare you? It's happy holidays. But even if someone says happy holidays back or whatever, that I will take that as your version of a nice holiday season greeting. Most people I don't think have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. I don't have a problem with you saying happy holidays. I don't even have a problem with my TV commercials refusing to say Christmas anymore and just saying happy holidays, because I understand that America is really changing and there are a lot of different cultures in this country now. And a lot of them don't celebrate Christmas. And when you're selling a product, you've got to appeal to the most people, right? So of course your car commercial is going to say happy holidays because there's a bunch of December holidays that people celebrate that aren't necessarily only about Christmas and they want to appeal to everybody. They want to they want to appeal to every consumer, whether or not you celebrate Christmas. But I do believe that there has been a concerted effort coming from, I believe, the, the left wing. I mean, it's sad to say this, but this is how it's been. The, the political division has has come down in our country where the left is sort of irreligious and the right is religious and in some part, some uh, ways, even hyper religious, I would say. And and that's sad because I know plenty of Christians and faithful people who consider themselves Democrats and liberals. But as a group, as a party, you know, the, that is where the, quote, we don't need God to live here crowd lives. I don't know how to, else to say that without being offensive, because I know there's a, I have a lot of liberal listeners right now who are going, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. What are you talking about? I know that you are and I believe you are sincere, but I I think we can all agree, right, that That is a left-wing platform, and as a matter of fact, I mean, the Democrat Party, you can go to their, their presidential platform talking points on any given year, and over the last 12 to 14 years, they've actually made an effort to remove God or mentions of God from their platform positions. So... That is why you might be very religious and spiritual and you may be a Christian or Jewish or whatever and left wing. But that doesn't mean that the quote left wing is a segment of faith. We don't associate faith with the left wing, do we? I mean, you don't either. If you're a liberal and you're listening to me right now, you must admit that you don't either. When you talk about religion and church, you're usually talking about people on the right especially when you're complaining about it, right? So I do think that there has been an effort to diminish the importance of Christmas, but I don't think that that's a war on Christmas. If you're asking me, which you're not, but you are listening to me. So I'll tell you, I do think that there is a war on America. I feel so cheesy saying that. I'm thinking about all my liberal listeners right now going, oh my God, rolling their eyes. Just let me make my case. Let me make my case. I I really don't think there is a, quote, war on Christmas, that it is just this kind of secret group that is planning to destroy Christmas is run by the Grinch. And we just need to forget that Christmas ever existed. I think that there is a larger war on American culture and Christianity and American culture are intimately tied they go directly together. This country was founded on those principles. I, know I can already hear a lot of you rolling your eyes. Oh, yeah, slavery. Yes, yes, yes. We know. I'm not kind of ignorant. We know of all of the sins. I mean, we are well aware, almost hyper aware, too aware of America's sins. If you only told your child all of the bad things that they did, and even if they were horrible, if that's the only thing you ever talked about when you spoke about your child, how would people perceive your child? Having never met your child, how would they perceive your child? You know, we talk about America badly all the time. We rarely talk about in school or even in the public forum about all the good that America has done or all the good that has come from this country. So I, for those of you who are rolling your eyes, I would, I would ask that you would just take a moment to stop and think about what you're rolling your eyes at. I mean, there are some things to roll your eyes at, but there are other things to be very pleased about and proud of in this country. So when I say that it's a war on american culture i'm not trying to make it i'm not trying to make this sort of a america needs to be more conservative and get back to traditional values and and the way we did things was great and jim crow was great and who cares about slavery it's none of that it's just that there are this country was founded on the idea that there is a god who blesses us and endows us with our human rights. And we cannot function in a free and fair society unless we recognize that there is one more powerful than us who rules, who sits on a throne, and who has the ultimate authority. And we are simply the... We simply deal with the... Dispensation of that authority, I guess. Is, would that be a way to say it? Or we're conduits for that authority. But we are under an authority. Remember, our founding fathers were coming from a nation in which the, the authority was the king and he was granted that authority by God. He was, in effect, God. So it is very relevant that our founding fathers came to this country and fought to establish this country for all the sins that came along with it, right? I get that part. But it it is relevant that they fought to establish this country as a nation who did not recognize one man as king, but rather recognize a king, a universal, eternal creator who cannot be canceled, who cannot be written out by a law, who cannot be thwarted by... Any of the mechanics of human nature or human governance it's vital to the creation of this nation. Religion, specifically Christianity, has been vital to the creation of this nation. And in fact, one of my favorite quotes and one of the saddest quotes, I think, historical quotes is from John Adams, who's so far my favorite American president. I haven't had the chance to read about all of the presidents. I've been working my way through that. But David McCullough has an amazing book about John Adams, if you're into historical tomes. It, and it reads like a like a novel, like a story, which I enjoy as well. David McCullough just does such an amazing job of bringing this man to life. And actually, most of the book is dedicated to John Adams. But if you flip it over, it is Abigail's story, which is super cool. I, I just... There's so many things about their story and about this man's, to put a modern term on it, his critical thinking skills that I find inspiring. I mean, this man was a thinker, but he wasn't just a thinker. He was a feeler as well. He was very emotional, very passionate. But also very logical, and he did. He liked to draw things out to their logical conclusion. I just, if you haven't read about John Adams, please go, go, pick up this book. Start with David McCullough's book. It's it's amazing. It's all you ever need. But John Adams says, and you're probably familiar with this quote: "Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other." So when I say, I don't think there's a war on Christmas, I think there's a war on America. This is what I mean. We were, we were fundamentally established to function as a religious society. And the idea that there's a creator above us is absolutely fundamental, foundational to how America runs. And America currently is the greatest country on earth. It has the most opportunity. It is the freest country on earth. Still, even with all this COVID stuff, it is the freest country on earth. We are the wealthiest nation on earth. We are the most influential nation on earth. We're literally the best country on earth. I mean, by any metric that you measure it, you're 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 just not gonna come. But you know, no one's. Again, I say this often. No one's killing themselves to get out. <laughs> but we hear of plenty of people risking their lives to get in every single day. And I live near the border, so I see it every single day. There are a lot of people in this world who resent this nation, resent what it has stood for. Ultimately, if you ask me, I think it's not a war on America, even it's a war on God that I think has been raging since the beginning of time. And in that, that way, that kind of brings me a little bit of comfort, like there's nothing new under the sun. This is nothing new. These battles that we face today, they might be a little bit inflated or they might look differently because of the technology that's involved now and the current state of the world. But the, the underlying issues, the underlying complaints, grievances, sins, all of that is, it's it's been going on forever. There's nothing new under the sun. There's always been a war on God. And I just think that this is another iteration of that because God is freedom I've always said that the gospel of freedom and the gospel of Christ go hand in hand. One does not work without the other. So when we say or when people like me say there's a war on Christmas because you don't want to say Merry Christmas, you want to say Happy Holidays, or you don't want to sing traditional Christmas hymns in the school anymore. I'm not saying that you uh, hate Christmas and want to be a Grinch. What I'm saying is I think you want to get rid of God. And we can't get rid of God. And that is the downside of a, quote, multicultural society. This is why I don't really believe in the concept of, quote, multiculturalism, which sounds like heresy to the liberal ear. And some of you are out there listening to me right now saying, how can you say that? Especially you, Kira, you're mixed race, you're Canadian and American. Like you've been all, how, how dare you? How can you say this? No. I believe that when we come to America, America has to be our culture. Now, I've said this before too. What is American culture? Well, it's an mal- it's an amalgamation, a careful blend of the traditions and attitudes of immigrants who come here and they bring everything with them, all of their beliefs, their family traditions, their cultural cultural traditions, all of those belong here. That's not what I'm saying by by saying I multiculturalism isn't conducive, I don't think, to a free society. What I mean is that Not that that different cultures aren't welcome or shouldn't be here. They should. What I mean is that all of these cultures are supposed to blend together to make one American culture, which is a careful blend of all these different things. Your family tradition, your nation of origin, your race, maybe your skin color, all these different things blend. They don't go away, but they blend into this big old mixture we call the American dream. That's American culture. It's assimilation. We need to be assimilated to the same culture. Our culture should be American culture. And then you can divide it up under that. You know, we're Italian-American. We're Scottish-American. We're Black-American. We're Haitian-American. Whatever. We do it all the time. So if you want to, we're tribal. I have no problem with that. We're tribal. I don't like the crowd that's like, (laughs) please, if one more person writes me that there's no race, there's only one race, the human race, I'm probably going to puke. <laughs> I get it. And it's only white people that write that. <laughs> it's only ever white people that write that. I want you to know if you're sitting down and write me a letter right now and you're thinking about writing, there's only one race. I already know what color you are. It it's a, There's a certain amount of privilege to being able to pretend that race doesn't exist, right? For the rest of us, it does every day. I, I believe in dealing with the world the way it is and not the way we wish it could be. So For you, it might not play a big part in your life, but I don't think you're going to win any converts or friends by running around telling everybody who talks about race that there's only one race, the human race. I don't think that's an effective argument for why we shouldn't be bickering with each other over racial issues. There are other effective arguments, which I make all the time on this show, but I just do not feel that that is one. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. Why am I apologizing? (laughs) I'm not sorry. That's just, obviously, that's just what I think. Hey everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with factors, delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, There's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. (laughs) I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off. Talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y-50. And use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y-50, and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y-50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better's never been easier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? I'm Kira Davis and I'm inviting you to listen to my brand new show called A Very Merry Podcast. Join me and co-host Amelia Hamilton hallmark superfans as we break down the best and the worst of the hallmark christmas universe all season long will our protagonists fall in love and discover the true meaning of christmas there's only one way to find out come celebrate the happiest place on tv with a very merry podcast that's a very merry podcast available on iHeartRadio or wherever you find your podcasts back to my point we're all a part of this culture we're all the, the ideas that we all together, all of our unique qualities blend together to make this unique American culture. So multiculturalism comes on, comes in and says, no, that assimilation is bad and we have to divide everything up and then teach every culture as equal Except, um, quote, American culture or, quote, Christian culture. Those are not equal. We've got to talk about all the ways those are bad things. But the rest we have, in order to even this playing field, we've got to build up every other culture while tearing down traditional American culture. It's a war on America, which is ultimately, again, a war on God. Because America and God go hand hand, hand in hand. There is no United States of America without the concept of God it doesn't exist without him and that's just i don't mean that in a spiritual i mean i do mean that spiritually but i also mean that just physically this nation does not exist unless you have men who believe in the authority of ultimate authority of an eternal creator it does not exist without god so i these i do believe these two things go hand in hand it's not a war on christmas It's a war on america which is a is a war on god And John Adams says it right here. Our nation was built for a moral people, a religious people. It does not. That's because everything is foundational to the concept that we are not the most important people in the universe. It's foundational. Once you rip that away, once you rip the concept of God from this society, from American society, you weaken America. And aren't we seeing that now? America did not become stronger during the Obama administration when Obama's policy was to was to denigrate America to even the global playing field. To, we, we pulled back on a lot of our uh, military resources, except for in Afghanistan, which, guys, let me just put my two cents in here. It's time to get out. Why are we still there? I was all for it 20 years ago. <laughs> I didn't think we'd still be there 20 years later, but for some reason, that's the one place liberals and conservatives uh, politicians feel like we're they must there must be a lot of personal money wrapped up in it. For some reason, it's the one place they all agree where our military is allowed to be. But otherwise, Obama Pulled back our military. He defunded a lot of the military complex. He defunded NASA. There was a lot of things that were like represented aggressive American foreign policy that he pulled back on, and it didn't make us stronger. It made us weaker. And if you think if you're out there going right now going, oh, Kira, please, that is such a right wing nut job to say. People respected us. We were just fine. Well, I don't know. Proof is in the pudding. If you're out there telling me that Russia stole the 2016 election, that tells me that we were pretty weak going into the 2016 election. If Russia could just walk in and play some ads, and which is the only <laughs> kind of interference they ever said was happening, but no one ever talks about that. Uh, yeah, if Russia can just walk in, in 2016, after eight years of Obama's stellar foreign leadership, making us stronger by making us weaker, and then we were so strong that Russia was able to walk in and steal the election for Donald Trump, listen to yourself. No, I think the proof is in the pudding. We were we were weaker. I mean, if I go by your argument and that Trump stole the election via Russia, then I think you've proven my point that we were in a weak place. We are seeing America get weakened, even in our schools. where Now we're having to argue about, are we even allowed to teach about America as a good country? Are we even allowed to teach our kids that America did good things? We're only allowed to teach the history of oppression and not the history of victory. These are all devices to weaken the reputation of America and to lessen our influence on global culture. If you want, if you want to weaken a country as strong as ours, you're not going to come and defeat our military, at this point in history, that's just not going to happen. If you want to destroy a country, you've got to do it from its foundations. You've got to chip away at the foundations, and God is our foundation. So that's why the Marxists in- infiltrated the public school system many years ago. I know that's a buzzword, and a lot of people are already like, I'm turning this off, she's a right-wing nut job." but I, I don't have time to make this case, but I probably have made it. In past episodes, so maybe go back and find it. But I do believe I have a logical train of thought on how Marxism was inserted into the public school system. And I think it's very obvious. It's not like, uh, oh, I saw this on conspiracy theory dot net. You know, I think I I think I have some provable points to make on that but this is not this episode so i think the marxists were very patient they they infiltrated the public school system and now we're to the point where we're not even it is the christmas season there's no that that cliche jesus is the reason for the season is absolutely true it's a cliche because it's true there's no holiday season without jesus doesn't exist in america so it is the christmas season and yet we can't sing christmas carols at school but we can sing all kinds of other things that are cultural You know, all that's just a cultural song for Ramadan or for for Hanukkah. But if we want to talk about little baby Jesus in the manger, can't do that at school anymore. Even the idea that we don't say Merry Christmas or shouldn't say Merry Christmas or it's Merry Christmas is offensive to people who don't celebrate Christmas. Not every person who is thinking that is thinking I'm part of a war on America. I get that. You're not. You're just you're just being you. You're just doing you. But I think ultimately it is a part of a larger attack on the traditions of America. When you break down the traditions of America, you will break down the mechanisms of freedom in this country. I believe we are witnessing that right now. It, we haven't, church has not been in session, full session across this nation for nine months. And look at everything that the government can do to you in the name of, quote, safety. And and guess what the one institution that has been shut down thoroughly in this country it ain't strip clubs it ain't costco and walmart it's not big giant corporate corporate box stores it's church why church people folks meet in all kinds of places across this country right now why church why is it that in any communist country whenever when any communist revolution has come along the first thing they do is get rid of the church outlaw the church or make the church a state church so that it's essentially just another arm of the government. Why? Because a government that wants to be in full control of your every decision cannot have you believing in a higher power than the government. Government has to be God. This is why I'm always talking about smaller government. And the price of freedom is that other people get to make bad choices. Other people get to do things like say they're not going to wear a mask in public. And that's a pain for us. But then what, what we have to do as free people is say, well, I'm not going out in public then because I don't trust everyone to be wearing a mask. And I think wearing a mask is the only thing that's going to save me from COVID. Like that's the freedom. You have to be free to make these decisions because if you're not, you, let, you are letting government make these decisions for you and then government is becoming God in your life. You might not look at it that way. I know you don't. I know most of you out there don't think of it that way. You don't think of, oh, well, I'm making the government my God and I worship the government. But if you are blindly doing everything the government says and that whatever the government says is 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 your next point of view. Like if it comes out of the mouth of a government official, which, again, I always say this, like, I don't know why black people always feel so inclined to trust the government. The United States government has not been kind to the black community and uh, there's no reason to put so much faith in what government officials say. But so many black people do. I don't understand it. It's just, it's not my jam. <laughs> I'll say that. But if you put your blind faith in that, I, I, the, you are essentially making the government your God. Because you're saying, government, you make choices for me. Our constitution says we make choices for ourselves, guided by the knowledge that there is an ultimate creator who will have the ultimate judgment, but who has gifted us with this ability to make choices for ourselves. And so the choices that we make will be within this framework that we call the constitution, which is structured around the foundation of the gospel, structured around the foundation of the universe, freedom and religion. Freedom and God, specifically Jesus to me, I'm a Christian, but freedom and the creator go hand in hand. And that is really what God is asking from us in the first place is to come find freedom. Uh, the, The entire Bible from the first pages of the Torah all the way to the end of the Christian Bible, the entire Bible is about people seeking to be free Adam and Eve they were living I mean they were living the life of Riley right I don't know what you said back then before there was a life of Riley to reference but they were living the good life there in the Garden of Eden everything provided and a wonderful relationship with the creator I mean can you imagine being able to walk in the garden with God I just it's almost too much to to bear to think about but living a beautiful life and then come across the satan and he said he convinces them that they're not really free that they actually live in bondage and god won't let them be free because god won't tell them everything god won't show them everything and what do they end up doing they they end up um putting themselves into bondage because they because they thought this is the story of Adam and Eve, and I know there's, I mean, this is not the time to talk about the, the is this literal or is it figurative, whatever. However you want to see this story, it, it is here in the Bible for a reason. And this is the, the truth of this story. The truth of this story is that Adam and Eve were cast out of paradise because they wanted to be God. They wanted to take away these decisions from God. They thought they knew better than God. God was holding back, withholding from them, was keeping things from them. They couldn't really be free because God didn't consider them equal. They wanted to be God. And then the story of the entire story of the Bible, and in fact, the entire story of human history, is us seeking freedom, us finding ways to get ourselves into bondage, and us... Finding ways to... Reclaim the freedom that God has given us in the first place. And that is what makes the story of this country so miraculous. I am not ignorant of the origins of this country. I, I dare say that that is, those are, that's the wheels of time turning. I don't know why we're supposed to always be apologizing for something that our ancestors did in a time when war was common, conquering was common. And the the story of human history is one culture conquering another. And then that culture becoming something else. Is it, is, is, did real people, were real people affected and was there real pain? I mean, of course. Are, do, are we still dealing with the consequences? Of course. But I don't want to have to keep, I don't want to have to keep qualifying all the good things about America by all the bad things. I, let me say once and for all, I'm very aware of the problematic parts of America's history. But I dare you to find me a culture that has none. I dare you. Go ahead and write me. Kiradavis422 at gmail.com. Tell me a culture on earth, a culture, a race, or a nation that has not had a problematic history, that has not conquered someone, or or had some kind of problematic views on women, or slaves, or, you know, find me that country and uh, let me know. Hey everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with factors, delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. (laughs) I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all wanna save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off. Talk about saving money. So Factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y-50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y-50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y-50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better's never been easier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? I'm Kira Davis, and I'm inviting you to listen to my brand new show called A Very Merry Podcast. Join me and co-host Amelia Hamilton, Hallmark Superfans, as we break down the best, and the worst of the Hallmark Christmas universe all season long. Will our protagonists fall in love and discover the true meaning of Christmas? There's only one way to find out. Come celebrate the happiest place on TV with a very merry podcast. That's a very merry podcast available on iHeartRadio or wherever you find your podcasts. Wow. So circle back around the very, the very foundation of this nation is the concept that there is one creator to, to offer freedom. And then the Constitution is a list of restrictions on the government from infringing on those freedoms. Unfortunately, we've come to a point in American society where, because of our public education system, I believe, Americans view the Constitution as a list of limits on citizens, and it is not. It is a list of of restrictions on the government. The, the freedom of citizens is supposed to take priority. This is the trouble I'm having with all this COVID stuff. Am I worried about COVID? Yeah, I actually am really worried about it. Uh, do I think it's serious? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do. Not as serious maybe as we're being told, you know, when 99.6% of people uh, survive, that's a pretty good survival rate. But that being said, yeah, I, I we had a, a brush with COVID this week, which I, I wouldn't mind. You know, I think we're all going to get it. Because I think, like, everybody gets the flu, which is a virus. I think everybody will get this virus in some way or another. Most of you won't know you had it. But we're going to see my husband's parents this week. And so I was like, oh, no. You know, but we tested negative. It's fine. But uh, I'm very I'm not to say that I'm not taking this seriously. I take it very seriously. But I also take very seriously the the restrictions of government on our daily lives. And if you don't have your human rights in an emergency, then do you have human rights at all? And the downside of that is that some people will get to make bad decisions that could have negative consequences for other people tangentially. I'm not going to I'm not stabbing your grandmother if I go to the nursing home without a mask. But that's not cool. That's the you know. And so then it's up to the nursing home to have restrictions about what people get let in, blah, blah, blah. We are free to uh, readjust our social rules to keep ourselves safe. But I do not believe we are free to readjust human rights, which is what we are attempting right now. And it's scaring the out of me. There are a lot of people in this world and unfortunately, too many people in this country who would feel really happy if America, quote, got what was coming to her. And the way they do that, do that is to remove our foundation. The way they encourage that is to remove our foundation. And God is our foundation. So you start by taking them out of public schools, then you start by vilifying people who believe in God and not any God, not just any God, the Christian God, because everybody else gets a pass, right? Christians are the ones that people feel free most to attack. And it's a because we're we're the majority faith, right? So the majority is always going to be the subject of, more attack, and there's more of us to attack. But B, because the the foundations of this nation are Christian. And so if you want to attack the foundations of this nation, you've got to attack the founders. I guess we could ultimately say that the ultimate founder is God. Have I beaten this horse into the ground yet? I don't believe there's a war on Christmas. I do believe there's a war on America, which is ultimately a war on God. And that's why in some ways, this battle is very important to me, even the idea of always saying Merry Christmas, of reminding people that Jesus is who we're singing about when we're singing those hymns, that the concept of freedom, as established by the idea that that this babe came into the world to act as the ultimate sacrifice, so we didn't have to keep going through these mechanisms of the law to find salvation and to find freedom. But we were given this babe as the ultimate lamb, the ultimate sacrifice. And why God requires a blood sacrifice is a whole other episode for a show that is not mine. (laughs) That's a theological show, but that's just the way it is. And he was created as a sacrifice to give us freedom from the bondage that we were constantly putting ourselves in and do to this day that is the message of christmas that is the ultimate gift freedom and that is what the founding fathers came here to establish freedom and then we ended up enslaving a bunch of our own people <laughs> because again we're not really great at keeping freedom we're we're always inclined to bondage whether it's putting other people in bondage or i mean i think Side sidebar. Surprise, surprise. I think if you're enslaving people, you're in a kind of a a bondage yourself. Right. Like that is the ultimate spiritual bondage if you're enslaving other people. But again, the only reason that we were able to free ourselves of that type of bondage was because of our ultimately because of our moral foundation. It was not atheists that were pushing for abolition. That was a Christian movement led by Christians. Hello. Yes, don't soften it. Don't try to tell me about Thomas Jefferson's agnostic views or whatever. (laughs) TJ knew exactly what type of society he was functioning in. Okay, and he was a very rare example and he still believed in God. He still believed in a creator. You know, he was a very rare example of someone who didn't carry the Christian torch, the Christian message into government. Very rare But even he recognized the value and then the necessity of having a creator be the bestower of our rights. Even he knew that. So I don't want to hear all your stuff about Thomas Jefferson. I get it. But even he knew. It was only because of our commitment to a moral society led by a religious people that ultimately we were able to correct the grave errors or attempt to correct you know you can't change all of the lives that were hurt but we went to war we amended the constitution which never should have had been done again go back and read john adams the argument him and abigail have over including the abolition of slavery in the original constitution is it's heart-wrenching and inspiring because it's good to know that even back then, our founding fathers were thinking about it. There are some reasons why it didn't happen at the time. But they left the mechanisms in there to correct, correct our wrongs, and we did. And we had to go fight some more to correct those wrongs, and we did. And we're always correcting ourselves. We, we can because we have the moral foundation. Once you remove the moral foundation from the United States of America, no one needs to correct themselves about anything. See any communist nation on earth government what the government says happened in the past is what happened when the government says is going to happen in the future is what happens and what the government says is is happening right now that's what's happening and that's it they control all the flow of information they control all the dissemination of your rights it's dangerous it's dangerous we are not created our constitution was not created to be run by men with no moral compass and we're pretty close to that so on one hand i look around and it doesn't surprise me that the foundations of what we think of uh, or what we traditionally thought of as freedom are crumbling the christian foundations are crumbling it doesn't surprise me i think it's inevitable if you ask me and i know this is a sad way to look at the at christmas I think it's inevitable. I think it's the cycle of human history. I do. I don't know where we are on the scale. I still really believe that we've got a lot of good, free years left ahead of us, and maybe some fighting left. But if the wheels of time are allowed to keep turning for a few centuries longer, we will get to a point where America is just a story. The way we learn about ancient Greece or Rome. We will get to that point. I don't think there's any denying it. I'm willing to accept the Cycle of history, but I'm not willing to accept the out and out war on the very moral foundations of this country. I think it's deliberate. And so, happy holidays versus Merry Christmas is is that going to change my life? No, I don't care. Say whatever you want. But it's just kind of a symptom of a larger issue, which is if God doesn't exist, then what makes this country and what has made this country so influential, so powerful, such a force for good in the world is because we were founded on the very idea that there is no that there is none above God. Once we rip that foundation from under us, we will sink. We'll be in quicksand. And we're seeing examples of that everywhere. So yeah, that's what I think about the war on Christmas. <laughs> and I I don't know what's the solution? Gosh, I don't know. Do I need to have a solution? I don't know if I need to have a solution. I don't know if I've ever thought about what the solution is. I don't think the solution is to run around screaming about the war on Christmas or to be complaining about it all the time. And I don't think we need to force anything. Conservatives do this a lot with uh, Earth Day, which, yeah, Earth Day is a stupid holiday that was created by a guy who murdered his girlfriend. I get that. But it's a thing people celebrate. People who are concerned about the environment like to bring attention to the idea that maybe we don't need all this energy. And uh, and so there are a lot of conservatives out there who will be like, oh, I'm turning all my lights on for Earth Day. And I'm going to go out and start up my car and let it run in the driveway, like just just to be belligerent. Yeah, I don't think that that's a thing that needs to happen. You don't need to do that. I don't need to be aggressively merry Christmasing every person just to prove that there's a war on Christmas and I will stand against it. But what can we do? It's going to be very interesting to see how things shake up in the next year to two or three years because the public school system has been decimated by COVID. And oddly enough, they don't seem to be making any plans to... Rectify that. If I were the teachers' union and I've seen how the public roles have dropped in the last five to six months, I would be begging to get back to school I, because you're that all that funding is gone and the reach of the unions weakens without the funding and there are a lot of parents pulling their kids out of schools and putting them into private schools where you can do things like the Christmas play where you can do things like say Merry Christmas or read your Bible in class or or even have a discussion about Christianity in class people. It's not the majority, but it doesn't need to be the majority. I've always said this. If 10 percent of the public school system flees, that shifts public education forever. We're close to 10 percent right now in this country. So of course, It's going to take a while to feel the ripple effects of that. But I think it will be interesting. We may be seeing a shift back to a sort of traditional America here. Look at here in California where people are fleeing in droves. Oh, my gosh. My friend said on Facebook the other day that her friend was moving like a lot of people. Like this was a last minute decision. They never thought they'd leave California. But in the last couple of months, just like we can't do it. And they were trying to get a U-Haul to leave in January. And the U-Haul company said they don't have any U-Hauls available until the end of February. Because I guess they have to go get all the U-Hauls that (laughs) that got taken out of the state. But there are a lot of people who are moving to small-town America. And I know a lot of you are out there going, oh, I hate that. I hate it. They come here. And they bring their stupid values with them, their stupid voting values with them. So all of the BS that they left behind, they vote for when they come to my small town. Because they're so dumb, they don't get it. I realize those people, there are dumb people out there who do that, right? They don't make the connection between how they vote and the expense of living. They don't make those connections. But... I think we underestimate the influence of small town America on big town America. We're always talking about the influence of city culture and a lot of that has to do with the money that they have to throw around, right? Money brings influence. But there are a lot we never talk about the influence that small town or smaller town America has on big city people. A lot of these people are are fleeing the big cities. With a bunch of distaste in their mouth, by the way, for you and flyover country, but they're going to deign to sink to your level to find a little bit of freedom. And no, they haven't made the connection between their voting habits and the life that they're living in the big city, but they're going to do it begrudgingly. But what a lot of what is beginning to happen and will happen is they get to your small town and they see you're just like them. Like you're not the toothless wonder that they imagined you to be walking around with a cut off flannel shirt and, you know, five teeth missing. And I'm saying this as I have like four teeth missing in my head. <laughs> I have a few implants to get uh, this, this, in this new year, <laughs> but I'm not a toothless wonder. I have teeth. They're just at the shop. Uh, or, you know, they imagine you to be completely uneducated, no interest in the arts, Uh, no interest in anything sophisticated. And what happens is they get to these small towns and they realize, oh, no, there's a lot of people here who are like me, who there is a lot of culture in this town. There there are, the arts are healthy and, and thriving and there are kind people here. And yes, they go to church every Sunday. And yeah, maybe a lot of them voted for Trump or Reagan or whatever Republican I think is the second coming of Hitler, but they don't seem like Hitlers. They seem like really nice people. So don't underestimate the value of their shifting perspective either. You know, so I do think that, I suspect, although I don't know how seriously you should take me, I've been wrong about everything this election cycle. <laughs> I suspect we're in for a a shift back to some kind of traditionalism. I'm just not sure where it will lie. Social media is going to play a big part of this. Social media is really trying to erase those of us who are more traditional these days, and they are becoming the historical record. But I'm not even sure how long that's going to last. So I see some type of interesting shift happening where we swing a little back to to some traditional values. It's not going to be a hard swing. Those days are over. But I I don't know. I, I see... I can see the stepping stones to getting there. And a huge thing for me is this thing that's happening with school because school's how we got here in the first place, I believe. And this, I've just seen parents just flee the public school system. I do think we're five to 10 years down the road. We, we may see a cultural shift. The other thing that's going to cause a cultural shift, which people rarely talk about, although I've talked about it a few times on this show, is in the court system. Uh, forget the Supreme Court, which Trump has stacked uh, before he he stacking. I shouldn't use that term because it means something different. But Trump's loaded it up right with his picks, made decent choices from everything I can see. But don't forget that the Trump administration has been appointing federal judges and circuit judges across the nation for years, for four years. It's still happening because Mitch McConnell is like, you Trump's out of here. On January whatever, 20th or whatever, like he's still going, No one, nothing stopped. He's like, we're going to c- confirm and confirm and confirm until we have no more power. Well, guess what? We're now looking at thousands of judges, thousands of, of open seats that are going to be filled by constructionist or conservative judges and or. And it's going to shift, A, the cases that they take, the cases that they allow to bubble up to the Supreme Court, and it'll affect their rulings, which will affect the culture. The left has been able to affect the culture through the court system. So because Americans do vote conservative, that generally Americans skew conservative in their votes. And so that's why, like, we were never allowed to be given the choice on gay marriage. You give America the choice to vote on gay marriage. America was going to vote it down. It failed in every state it came up for a vote in, even the liberal states like California. You know, if you leave that choice up to Americans, it's getting voted down. God, take that to the courts. Abortion, that's getting voted down. You got to take that to the courts. That's how... We've shifted a lot of the culture in this country. And so don't think that that culture can't shift back because of the courts. So that's another thing that's going to be an interesting thing to watch as we move in the future. I think and at the end of the day, the story is always the same. There is man trying to be God and there is God trying to love man. And we're just always this back and forth always this we're just driven to be our own gods and god is is telling us no i am god i'm the creator but it's okay if you let me be the creator all of this is going to work better because i'm the architect i know how everything works i know how how to love you i know how to give you the freedom and the fulfillment and the joy that you've always been longing cuz i made all of these things i made all of this universe and i made it for you i literally made it for you and so the when we when the only surrender we allow ourselves is to a higher creator it bounces back with a freedom that is beyond human comprehension and I think we're always fighting that freedom because ultimately we're always fighting against God. So that is my opinion on the War and Christmas. Tell me how you feel about it. Where, where what have I said that's crazy, not crazy? You can write me at kiradavis422 at gmail.com. Kira Davis422 at gmail.com. Go over to DavisNation.locals.com and sign up for my community page there. I've got a great holiday prize box to give i'm saying holiday it was a christmas box but uh i i'm it's not going to get to the winner at christmas so i'm calling it a holiday box but it's cool has so much cool stuff in there go over there check uh look onto the page and see how you can enter to win this really cool customized holiday it's like a party in the box and I'm going to cut a little video later today to, sh- to uh, show you all of the really neat stuff that's in that box. So go over there, sign up for the contest so you can have a chance to win this box mailed directly from me. And if you want to email me again, my number, uh, my number, my email is kiradavis422 at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, A Very Merry Podcast. That's with my co-host Amelia Hamilton, who you may know from our network here, FCB Radio Network. She does the Growing Patriots podcast, which is a history podcast for kids. It's super fun. And we have had a blast all season talking about Hallmark movies, and it's been shooting up the charts, thanks to you guys. So I really appreciate all of the subscriptions and the downloads. If you haven't subscribed, go over there and hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Give us a review. It helps so much. Same with this show. When you just pop in to give me... a a nice rating. And just to say, I I like this show or I enjoyed this show helps so much. So I'd appreciate that as well. And of course, a very merry podcast. That's our other Hallmark Christmas podcast. We'll be pushing it into the new year. And we're going to end with a New Year's movie because Hallmark. I don't know if you know this, believe it or not, but Hallmark does New Year's movies as well. They're known for the Christmas season, but they do movies for every season. And so they've got a A couple of fun New Year's movies that we're really looking forward to breaking down. So go sign up for that podcast so you can break it down with us. We're going to live tweet the movie that's coming on January 2nd, actually. And that's going to be our final Christmas podcast until next season. And for all of you, this season, this holiday season, this Christmas season, I pray that God blesses you. And I hope you'll join me in the gift of freedom that we celebrate during the Christmas season. Merry Christmas to you and yours, and I'll see you next year. If you don't like the way I talk, then why am I on your mind? If you don't like the way I talk, then why are we wasting time? We fight and we argue, you'll still love me blind. If we don't miss this whole thing, up, guaranteed I can blow your mind. One tonight, I'm alive in a dollar sign, guaranteed I can blow your mind. I'm alive in a dollar sign Guaranteed I can blow your mind With the Lucky Land Slots You can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, We've got clear runway And the weather's fine But we're just going to circle up here a while And uh, get lucky No, no, nothing like that It's just these cash prizes add up quick So I suggest you sit back Keep your tray table upright And start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com Are you feeling lucky?